0: Indeed, what a week it's been, I shared with you last week how the family mood might change however Manchester City did against Everton and 4-0, worst defeat in nearly 10 years and the kind of uh, sympathy I got when I came to church on Sunday night was quite remarkable, thank you for the, uh, the sense of sympathy that you gave. Then Monday morning comes and some of us are the chosen few but some of you Joshua Tree Tickets are sold out in 10 minutes and people are going daft about Ticketmaster's sister company who's selling them off at £300 to a 1000 But of course, more importantly than that, what a week it has been. Upstairs last week we were looking at sectarianism, we were looking at the division or the, the possibility of something that might happen in an election. Monday comes and Stormont disintegrates. Elections that are being called brutal are finally called. Then Mark McGuinness steps back and retires. There's talk of Brexit and borders in the midst of all that. And then America's divisions are more obvious than its unity in Friday's inauguration and yesterday's protests. Michael said it in our prayers. We talked about it and built yesterday around the fact as a session that we are at the crossroads. In fact, some of us think maybe we're on the roundabout and we're just going back round. What junction are we going to take? And in the midst of that, we could say we're living in dark (coughs) days. Sometimes I think actually... It's decadent darkness that we're living in because we have no idea what it's like to live in Syria. We have no idea what it's like to risk the life of your children to get across to another life. But certainly the days we're living in at this moment in time are incredibly shadowy, foggy. There certainly is some sense of dark coming in. And in the midst of that we start at the service with words of faith in the midst of that. The Lord is my light, and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And it's good to proclaim that. And it's good to go into the worship that we were praying would give us perspective on who we are, who God is and what's going on beyond the horizontal walls Either side of us. But I do get. Incredibly frustrated. Sometimes angry. When we're in the midst of something going on. And something that I say on Facebook or Twitter or my blog. Causes people to say. Steve. The Lord reigns. Relax. It seems to me. That, that is the wrong way to take our trust in God. God didn't say, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. On um, whom shall I be afraid? Steve, go and catch a sofa somewhere, son. It's going to be okay. Leave it to me. I had a conversation with some of our youth. I hope they don't mind me sharing. It was a couple of weeks ago. The worship was utterly incredible. I went up to the band and thanked them. And they said, theologically correct I imagine. Well it wasn't us, it was the Holy Spirit. And I had to remind them a truth that they might find out in life. Holy Spirit, play that keyboard. Come on, you've created the earth in six days, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you could... Play us a tune there. I don't think it was the Holy Spirit. I think it was the Holy Spirit. Through the gifts and abilities and commitment of our young people. The Holy Spirit, if you leave the Holy Spirit to a children's talk. If you've got Rachel Miller doing a children's talk. And the Holy Spirit is coming right through. And that's incredible. And so I don't think that trusting in God and believing that the Holy Spirit will work through us is God saying to us, relax Steve, sit in the sofa. Sure, whatever happens in the world, it'll be all right. I think these words are to give us the strength to do what we'll come to later on in this morning service. Although looking at the clock not that much later in the morning service. That suggests to us that this is not a passive acceptance and trust. This is an active dependence and trust. As we follow. But it's good to set out with these words. Because without this belief and this trust. There is nothing we can do at the keyboard, or at the children's talk, or wherever we go. But the two lactionary readings, and I don't bring my favourite readings to the week's events at the moment. I bring a lactionary that's a three year cycle, that was done by people mostly in North America from the Reformed Protestant churches there. And I bring this to, I look at it on Monday and think, now is this anything to say into the week's events? And here we are in both passages, because one quotes from the other passage, if you didn't notice, that there are people in these two contexts that we're in, in Isaiah and Matthew, who are in a dark world. And into that darkness of the world, and Isaiah, the source of the deep darkness at this time, was likely to be the mighty Assyrian Empire, who was known for their cruelty, and who eventually would destroy the northern kingdom and terrorised the people of Jerusalem. Into that sort of Assyrian Assyria as it is today, with an Assyrian empire back then, the people were in darkness, because there was a cruel empire coming towards them. And into the midst of that, the people who sat in that darkness have seen a great light. For those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. Or Matthew, as Jesus is walking around Galilee, Roman occupation. The imperial domination that would be putting Jews on crosses just to tell them who's boss. Into that kind of darkness which was not decadent. The people in darkness had seen a great light. Light. Light in the darkness. Hope. Last week I started the sermon with a a dream sequence. If you were here, you'll remember me telling that dream sequence from Eamon Malley's piece called Grace, where um, he talks about Arlene taking Martin into her bosom and telling him, We'll sort this out. It was a dream sequence at the start of his article. And you're thinking, Could we have another dream sequence? In the midst of all the darkness, here's a dream. You're watching the television, and it's The View. And you see Sinn Féin and the DUP sitting beside each other again. And you know it's not Nolan, and you know that Mark will hopefully do it better, but you're thinking, oh, what's going to come down the line? And you have a dream sequence. You dream to yourself. You imagine what might happen if Ian Paisley Jr. thanks Martin McGuinness for his contribution to the country. And wishes him all the best in his retirement with his family. And then says, Well, we've got to see that if we're going to help out there, we're going to have to have different relationships in here. And we'll even dream, we'll even dream that a member of the DUP will use the reconciliation word. I know, I know, I know. I am dreaming, I am imagining. But I watched it, and it was a reality. And he wrote an article in the Telegraph yesterday. And suddenly into the midst of the gloom and the darkness. From a place that forgive me I least expect it. And from Mark Crothers dealing with the issue it seemed per Mark. Least expected it too. We find that something at the end of the week. Was different from the start of the week. And in the midst of all this. I'm aware that it's MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day on Monday, and that Martin Luther King quotations are dripping all over the internet and there's all kinds of conversation about his dream for reconciliation and a peaceful world. Hope in the darkness, light cast. Let's look at this passage in Matthew and see two phrases that are so powerfully used by the Christian world and see if they might cast a light on what's going on around us. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. Repent. There's a good Northern Ireland evangelical word. But sadly, many times it's been used as just a one-off call at a tent mission or a church mission. At the end of the service, come and repent and then you give up your cigarettes and your drink and your lottery ticket and everything's better, you've repented. We've almost given it that one-dimensional sense. Whereas this repentance that Jesus is calling to is an overturning of the way we've been living our lives, a turning around in our lives to go in a completely different direction for the rest of our lives. It's almost a turning around of history. It's so momentous when Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, comes around Galilee and meets with people and starts to show and tell for the first time and says, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. This was not to change the petty little habits of a few Galileans. This is the call to turn the world around. And so, as I reflected on Martin McGuinness and the change that was in his life, I wondered, was there a certain amount of repentance? You can't freeze-frame people where they were back in time. If you freeze-framed me in the late 70s in Ballymena, you certainly wouldn't still be listening now. And if we freeze-frame people as they were, rather than who they are, we get ourselves into an incredible amount of trouble. So in my reflection, I was asking the question to all of us, have we changed in our lives and in our th- thinking of politics and Northern Ireland as much as Martin McGuinness had changed over those last 20 years? And I suggested it would be a good guide to ask ourselves. As we respond to his retirement, it might tell us something about how much we've changed. If there's bitterness still there, if there's sectarianism still there, etc, etc. And needless to say, I got the email to tell me that he hadn't changed his spots because he was still Republican. That's what Jesus meant. Ah, missed that. But repentance seems to be for us Something that has got to be theologically liturgy. So Martin McGuinness couldn't possibly have changed because he hasn't made some evangelical profession to faith in Jesus. So therefore we can't trust the change that's going on in somebody's life. Or be inspired by it. Or be challenged by it. And personally, and I don't know, but I would imagine Jesus has more to do with that change in Martin McGuinness's life than he has declared, although he has suggested it, or that we know. Repentance. A turning around. A going in one direction and changing to another direction. At the crossroads. Where we are in our time. What does it mean for us to change where we've been living and how we've been living to live this different kind of way? And I will follow way. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Following Jesus in the midst of this darkness. Following Jesus in the midst of this uncertainty. What will that mean? Well what it won't mean is that we say, the Lord is my light and my salvation so let me just sit back in the sofa and relax. I've said it before, but if if Jesus had only said to Peter, pray this prayer after me, go to church, sing new worship songs, believe these doctrines, if only Jesus had said to Peter, but he didn't. He said, follow me, follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow me into the minutes and hours of every day. Follow me among the people you wouldn't really want to be with. Follow me into the dilemmas of spiritual decision making. Follow me into the dangerous and dirty and hostile places. Follow me and let us love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. Follow me and let us love our neighbour as ourselves. Follow me as we learn to take up a cross of discomfort, painful, sacrificial self-denial. If only Jesus had said to Peter. Relax and trust in me. And sit back on the sofa. But he didn't. He didn't. So what do we do? In a week of Martin Luther King dreams. In a week when Jesus calls us to repent. In a week that Jesus calls us to follow. As we listen to the news. And come to terms with the news. What do we do? I was so thankful last week that people actually, morning and evening, come up to me and said, so what do we do? Seven years, and maybe that was the first sermon that has caused that kind of reaction, or maybe we're in a situation where people need to know something more, so I've thought about that this week. What can we do as an election comes up that still probably well, no matter what the dream sequence was this week, the reality sequence of Ian Paisley Jr., we will still have this brittle election where people will go at it and go for each other. What can we do? Well, we need to be the first to say that we're going to search ourselves to find out what's going on in our own lives. And take and look at the sectarianism within ourselves and look at the prejudice within ourselves and start to ask the Holy Spirit to deal with that. Some people have already written to their MLAs after last Sunday service and have already got a response from MLAs from last Sunday service. We can do that. Let's write to all those who put their name on your ballot paper and say to them that if they want our vote, then we want to see shalom. We want to see reconciliation. We want to see a different attitude to the way that we treat each other and that we want to see that on their manifesto. But something else come up this week and I'm going to share it with you and you can almost take this out of the sermon because I think we've got to talk about it as a church and it's this. If you write a letter, and please do, if you write a letter to a politician, they will open the letter, they will read the letter, and they will respond to the letter possibly, and they will put the letter somewhere. If you tweet, if you tweet, then you're into a whole different amount of power. Because that's not between you and the MLA. That's a public conversation that can go viral. So our showers didn't work when they were put in on Ballycastle. They leaked and it was Friday and they were going to leak all weekend and I couldn't get a response from the company. So one of... My wonderful congregation said, tweet it, Steve. Ah, if I wrote the letter, it wouldn't even have got there to the next Tuesday or Wednesday. So I tweeted it. I just said, disappointed with the customer service app. Janice got a phone call. Your husband's been on Twitter complaining about our customer service. Whoa, there's a new part. When 13,000 people this month have been reading my blogs about this... ...you can be assured that the politicians have been reading them. Whether they're right or not, I don't know. But you get involved in a conversation... ...that other people hear and other people want to hear... ...and other people retweet and other people share on Facebook... ...and suddenly we have a power for this election... ...that we didn't have 20 years ago. You can, as somebody sitting in a pew by being in Twitter or Facebook, influence, influence incredibly powerfully what politicians are thinking in their rooms as they read those Twitter feeds. And they are reading them. Journalists tell me, went into work, your blog's sitting on my entry. People read this stuff. Ten minutes after a blog went up, ring, ring, this is the Nolan Show, will you come on and talk about your blog? Ten minutes! Letters are good, but I'm going to tell you gently, it's from back there. Now, not all of us are going to be on Twitter, not all of us are going to be able to go on Twitter, but what I want to say to you gently is, let's, yes, say there's problems with social media, but also let's not be those that will avoid the potential of following Jesus into the public square through this media. Let's in our tweets, let's in the blogs that we share, let's in the news articles that we share, prioritise those positive, hopeful, grace-centred reconciliation articles, etc. Let's be courageous in the conversations we have in cafes and in our conversations with our families to breathe hope and not despair into the conversation. There may be and there may not be But there may be enough time to despair in the 3rd and 4th of March. But in the meantime, there's no need to despair. There's only a chance for hope. For light to shine in the darkness. For the people of God to follow Jesus into the public square. And here's my closing deal. What is the dream sequence? What is the dream sequence this week that you are involved in? that God would call us to. Oh, it would have been great if Arlene had taken Martin and hugged him and said, we're going to see this through. We don't need an election. Let's work out our differences. Let's do it for the good of the common. All the people of Northern Ireland would have been a great dream. Ian Paisley Jr.'s wasn't a dream. But it seems like what? It seems like people are talking about it as at least a contribution to a turning point in this brutal election. So what about me? And what about you? Where is the dream sequence this week? Your conversation, your contribution, your change of attitude, my contribution, my conversation, where am I going to symbolise difference? Now, last week we did, we had Father Kieran O'Callaghan doing our prayers of intercession. That was a contribution, a symbol. I just opened a card that came through the door this morning and um, it says at the end of a lot of verses that I haven't quite read yet, there are lots more quotes in the Bible that prove you to be a lying, distorting, manipulating, pick and mix scum. <laughs> that's not just me, that's all of us. Because we as a congregation for 30 or 40 years have been doing things like having Kieran O'Callaghan come to pray prayers of intercession. And they weren't at the service, at least I can't work out the handwriting. No, I don't think. Oh, no. But you know how they heard? Because it was in social media. Because the country knows what Fitzroy does. And what Fitzroy does impacts the country. What is the dream sequence that we as a community and we as individuals can do this week to change this conversation to bring light into a very dark and uncertain place? Let's take a moment to think about that. Let us think for a moment in the quiet. What can I do this week, Lord, What does your Holy Spirit want to do this week, Lord, that you need me to be the flesh and blood and hands and feet and mouthpiece of what could be a dream sequence for us to do? Lord, as the light shines in the darkness, give us new dreams, new dreams to follow you in a time of uncertainty and give us specific dreams that we can live out in our everyday moments on the week ahead for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.